This is Dan Yeager from Texas Chainsaw 3D, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by the iconic Barry Boswick, currently in the field, now available on iTunes, Prime Video, and all major VOD platforms. And I don't mean in the field, but he's in the movie, The Field. I feel like I'm in the field sometimes. You know, when Mm. you've been acting for 50-something years, and you're in between jobs, you're definitely in the field, doing Mm -hmm. something else besides acting. Mm-hmm. Well, what does Barry Boswick do uh, when he's not acting? Oh, well, I, uh, uh, we've just moved to Florida to a place called Mount Dora, and uh, we're redoing the house there, so that takes a lot of time. And I have a studio. I'm a ceramic artist, and so I have a studio where I do <clears throat> pottery and sculpting and that kind of stuff. So I keep myself quite busy um, uh, when I'm not out you know, promoting something good like the field or doing a Rocky Horror Picture Show date where we have a convention or they're part of a convention. And, uh, yeah, I keep myself pretty busy. Very cool. Very cool. I'm interested in your pottery, but we're not here to talk about pottery. We might be, I don't know. But the field, how did you get involved in the field? Uh, I think they just called my agent and said, uh, would Mr. Bostwick, uh, they, I think they were being very nice by calling me Mr. Bostwick. Would mm-hmm. he be, would he be uh, amenable to coming to uh, Milwaukee and doing a day and a half on a film uh, with people he has never heard of? And um, <laughs> and uh, would he please read the script? And uh, most of these kinds of scripts they they get through to me 
uh, with uh, because I always encourage my agents or managers to send me all everything that they, that they are you know given to them because you never know there might be a gem in and amongst mm-hmm. the sand uh, out in the field and I was fun- funnily enough I, I'm great I was grateful for it I read this and I thought well this is really different it's interesting it's it's not a horror movie it's a supernatural kind of thriller ghost movie and they're they are um uh, few and far between uh, as well done as this one uh, as well written and so you just sort of take a leap of faith and and uh, you show up and it's not a big commitment it's uh from my standpoint you know it's a couple of days here and uh uh, and, and when you talk to people, you know, you'll talk to the director on the phone, Kate, and he'll explain what's going on. And you go, oh, well, this guy sounds legitimate. It's not like uh, he's going to put me up in a Motel 6, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> nothing against Motel 6s, by the way, right. uh, because they're, they're no longer at 6s. Now you go to a Motel 6 and it's still over $100. But I'm getting off track. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so that's how I got it. He basically submitted it to, I think, my agent. And my agent said, how would you like to do this? And I read it, and I, and I you know, cottoned to it. And, so, uh, and then when I met them and got there, and it was, uh, it was a lovely experience. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, it is really different. It's almost hard to even, uh, like, fit it in a genre, which I, I personally like. But is that, is that kind of movie harder to make nowadays, one that doesn't fit in, like, a box somewhere? I would think so. Um, I did a movie a few years ago called Some Guy Who Kills People. And <laughs> it, it was very tongue-in-cheek in a way, but it was there was some horror aspects, some family warmth aspects. There was a lot of things to it that made it unique and individual like this. Uh, uh, and it was a hard sell. And it didn't, it didn't get the kind of viewing that it should have gotten because it was an excellent film. This... I think is of its genre. Once you realize what genre it is, and it's a supernatural thriller, you know, ghost mm-hmm. movie, uh, ghost film, and it uh, <clears throat> a lot of people are attracted to that. And I think it's I think it's a movie that can be sold uh, with the, that moniker. You know, I it, it it fulfills it fulfills how it's described. It's and it's and it's pretty much in line with what that type of film is, except for the fact that it's well done and it's not cheaply done and it's beautifully shot and it's well acted and uh, um, it's uh, it's it's conceived, I think, in a very original way and and certainly carried out in a very professional and. Um, uh, it, it 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 looks like a real movie, you know. A lot of times you you, you do so I do these indie features, and there's always some weak point. Either some of the acting's not good, or the camera work's not great, or the editing is is choppy, or you know. Uh, but when I was watching this the other night, finally, it, it was like, wow, this is this is a real movie. I mean, this is I can't I couldn't find anything wrong with it. Uh, um, even me, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with my performance, which usually I can. Uh, it, this is, uh, this is, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just think it's a, a brilliantly conceived and, and, uh, uh, film. 
and I think everybody did a wonderful job on it. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, uh, it's filmed really well. So that kind of thing you don't know until you watch the finished movie. And um, is that always a concern, like when you make a movie? Because you don't know until you actually see it. It's edited and special effects are added, scores added. Oh, yeah. Well, like like the film like this, when you show up and you see, it's one of those kinds of filmmaking experiences where it's one for all and all for one, you know, and the whole crew is staying in somebody's house and, uh, or, or in three bed and breakfast or, or, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and they're making their own food and, and it, the camaraderie is, is great. And everybody knows each other and it's, and it, they work, they, they're just having fun. Uh, that's always a good indication that, uh, you know, it has the potential for being something really good because of the um, the mood of it. And, and Tate created this great mood on the set and certainly, you know, 24 hours a day to keep everybody interested and creative. And um, But ultimately, I think it was, it was Tate's uh, vision of, of, of this and how he seed it, seed it, how he saw it, uh, uh, thematically and, and filmically, I mean, it's it has it has some wonderful special effects that could be very cheap looking and not work. And and you go, oh God, you know, oh, they tried for that, but they didn't have the budget, you know. But mm-hmm. this this one, they tried for that, and if if they didn't have the budget, they may look like they had the budget. And it uh, uh, this I don't know I. I I just don't think there's a weak weak point in it, and I'm not really want to praise these kinds of films if 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 they're not. You know, I wouldn't have even wanted to talk about it if I didn't become a fan after I watched it. Yeah, when you do a movie that's uh, <clears throat> is like a fantasy and sci-fi and, and horror and ghost stuff, and so there's a lot of um, fantastical things going on, uh, but the acting's very like uh, gr- uh, reality based. Is uh, do you have that mindset where you're going in to keep everything? Because I think it makes everything you accept everything else if if the characters uh, seem like they're real. Oh sure, oh sure. Well, I mean, unless unless there's an unless it's supposed to be uh, not realistic in some way, you know, like uh, well, I, I did the movie Rocky Horror Picture Show years ago, and there was yeah. we all knew that there was a slight a slight hyper. Uh, reality to it because of the nature of the film, and so it, the director Jim Sharman was was really astute at keeping everybody's performance on the same level uh, of uh, of reality, and uh, because it, everything going on around us in that particular film was so bizarre, and uh, it was a uh, a real situation comedy, if, if you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, and, and, and these kinds of films that yeah, yeah, you really have to pay attention to the, the heart uh, and of the characters and, and the reality of the characters. And so that what goes on and, 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 and what, uh, affects them uh, is really the star of the movie, you know, um, uh, we're just pawns in the hands of fate. <laughs> yeah, I have to, uh, when I mentioned you were being on, uh, so many people asked about different things. A lot of people asked about uh, 
about Rocky Horror Picture Show. I want to know, did you, was there ever a time you, you didn't like to talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show? And did like your, your view of being in the movie change over time? No, I, I, I just, I just went off my radar for a number of years after yeah. it opened and didn't, didn't do much work and uh, didn't make any money for anybody. And I don't even remember it opening. I was probably not a decade that I was doing all the Broadway shows and things. And so my head was totally into doing what I was doing at the moment. And, but by the end of the seventies, when, uh, we became aware that it was becoming this entertainment that this, uh, this party, this, uh, you know, uh, bizarre kind of, uh, uh, uh experience and, and celebration, uh, that uh, it became, I, I became aware of it again and, and saw it and I thought, oh, well, this is fabulous. This is just great. It, I love this. I love the fact that the audience was participating in a way that they felt like they were part of the movie. And, and uh, right by now, uh, it's hard to see the movie without the audience participation and without the the shadow casts and this and that because it, it it doesn't it just doesn't have the life that it has taken on over the years. And in answer to your question, I I I've loved this movie from the moment I saw Tim Curry, uh, you know, step out of the elevator. It yeah. was uh, he uh, he just is consummate actor and and created a character that can never be reproduced. Uh, so I'm and 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 I, and I do right now. We do three or four dates a year. Maybe we'll do comic cons or this and that. And I'll show up with Meatloaf or with Tim or with the girls with uh, uh, Pat Quinn or Little Nell. Uh, and uh, you know we'll sign autographs and we'll maybe intro uh, intro a screening of the film. And uh, I just did one at the uh, uh, someplace in. Oh, was it two weeks ago in uh, uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it was part of a, have a, a Comic-Con there, a small Comic-Con. And uh, we, we still, at, 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 the, at the evening screening, we had six to 800 people there, you know? Yeah. And it, it keeps drawing a new audience. It's on its third generation, and uh, it, uh, there's, there's always a lot of virgins out there who <laughs> haven't seen the film, so... There's more people to make fun of, and who can make fun of that? Yeah. Uh, the Darren Beck said when I mentioned you're on, he says, I got in trouble in the eighth grade for yelling asshole anytime you would come on screen during a George Washington movie they made us watch in school. <laughs> he didn't say that in class, did he? I oh, guess he I did, and he got in trouble, yes. Well, he should have, because uh, I don't <laughs> right. think Washington was an asshole. No, I Brad agree. Major, I don't know what his deal with that. Major certainly, he acted like an asshole, and uh, it's uh, going to be the lead-off to my obituary. You know, <laughs> Barry Bostwick, the asshole, died yesterday. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, you know, it won't say Barry Bostwick, who played George Washington, uh, you know, an <laughs> eight-hour <laughs> miniseries. But, you know, I'm... I, I, much to the chagrin of my family, I am I am now known as uh, the asshole. Uh huh. Did did that ever work in reverse where someone actually was calling you an asshole, like like in a mean way, and you just assumed they meant uh, from Rocky Horror? Oh, that that's funny. No, <laughs> no nobody's ever done that. Yeah. No, no, I. Uh, Not your knowledge. No, I don't. Think, yeah. No, no, nothing, no, I, 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 no, I don't think so. But that's an yeah. interesting concept. Yeah. 
Uh, FDR American Badass is a, one of my favorite. I think it's one of the most quotable movies. When you first read the script, what did you think? Because it's just you know really crazy. Oh, it's, well, it's just my style of humor, you know, mm-hmm. sort of t- the, the sort of sarcastic, uh, 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 out of left field kind of uh, incidents that happened, and it it, it was uh, it just made me laugh. You know, if I read a script like that and I'm and I'm laughing all the way through it, I just want to do it because I see myself uh, doing that kind of uh, of comedy. It's it's just. It's the best comedy in the world. That sort of straight face, yeah. Um, and, and and that was such a, a a mix up of contemporary references and and historical references, and uh, I thought dialogue wise, uh, yeah, Ross Patterson, amazing. who wrote it, that was uh, just, um, it constantly surprised me as a reader, and so therefore I. I think it constantly surprises you as a viewer, and it um, and it's rude, and it and it's and it's you go, it goes too far many times, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know and and the, uh, and it uh, it was great fun to make. I think we shot it in seven days. You know, I mean, it was one of those who did who who did any. I didn't do any research. You know, I just I, mm-hmm. I listened to one recording of of FDR. You know, and how he talked. And uh, that's all I did. I mean, I didn't do it. We just had to, we just showed up and had fun. And again, it was a very small crew and Ross Patterson had a vision. I, I like working with these guys that have strong visions and, um, uh, and can communicate them, you know? And, uh, uh, we, uh, we did the Helen Keller versus Nightwolf. Yeah. The sort of sequel to that, which uh, wasn't quite as good as FDR, but, uh, again, had that, weirdness to it which i love weirdness mm-hmm. yeah i recommend that movie to many people because it's uh it's it's honestly one of my favorites it's uh it makes me laugh uh, my friend at the time annabelle when she saw it she was like neil you have to watch this movie because it's totally you and and she was right it's it's amazing it, so, it, uh, it is i mean you, you have to be on that level that's yeah. to be your sense of humor and and if it yeah. is you know it's it, it's a movie that i think was downloaded to uh uh, like 10 million times to every stoned uh, college <laughs> student around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was the thing they would put on after they did their physics uh, uh, test, you know, and just to sort of clear their minds of reality. Right, right. Uh, see, director Jeff Burr wants to know, um, what was it like dubbing the American version of the classic animated film Fantastic Planet? Oh, that that was fun. That was that was way back in the beginning of my career, and uh, uh, the I I was taken with again. It's it was there was a weirdness to it. I mean, the, the animation on that was was trendsetting. It was it was new. It was it was it was crazy. It was uh, it was pop art, and and uh, so. You know, when you go in and you do a job like that, you basically stand in front of a TV screen or a movie screen back then because it was so long ago, and you and you just sort of mouth what 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 I didn't know how I got the job. I uh, I certainly wasn't a voiceover artist or anything. My career was just starting. I think maybe somebody threw me a bone and, and ended up being that uh, wonderful. I think I think. Uh, 
piece of uh, animated, uh, you know, history. It, mm-hmm. And I, but you know, not not a lot of people know that. You have to be a film buff to really know that. I mean, I'll be at these conventions occasionally, and somebody might come up to me and uh, talk about it, but uh, most of the time, not. They, and another movie I did years ago called Movie Movie with George C. Scott, which was not a sci-fi film or anything. It was just a real comedy. comedy. It was, uh, and I, not enough people saw it. It, it was, it was it, it's a brilliant film. Uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, Movie Movie. It was, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it, actually. You, you have to see it. It's really, it, it's it's a wonderful film. It's the same cast is it's 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 as if it was like a a double header movie. It's on a Saturday afternoon, and they have the same cast in the two movies. One of them is a Broadway musical, uh, like Forty Second Street, and the other one is like a dark boxing movie. And Harry um, uh, Hamlin plays the sort of Garfield part in that, and I play the the young writer, the music. Uh, music writer for the first part, and uh, uh, it's got a great cast. It, 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 I don't know. It's I'm always surprised if, if people really are, are are attracted to or, or remember. You know, I mean, I'm remembered for one episode of Supernatural more than I am <laughs> for George Washington. You know, uh-huh. but that's just that's just another thing I did called Lex. I don't know. Did you ever see that Lex L E X X? Uh, I don't believe so. Sci-fi, it was a sci-fi series out of Canada, and um, they did a series of movies, uh, two-hour movies, and then it became a series. For I remember the years. series, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't and, see it, but uh, I remember the series. Yeah, and it, again, it was a sci-fi kind of well-made uh, movie that not a lot of people are aware of. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, that's your job. Your job is to bring it to their face today. I will. Say, yes. This yeah. is something that you got to see. Uh, one of them is the field. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the field. The uh, tales, tales of Halloween was a good one. I really enjoyed. Oh yeah! Wow. Oh, he, he's a great right, uh, right, uh, guy. Um, uh, again, Bowsman, uh, mm-hmm. and we did. Um, uh, what else did I do for him? I've done two or three things for him. But this, that goes back to what I was saying originally. The, I'm attracted to these guys who have an edge and who are different, and who knows whether or not they'll ever get a real big blockbuster, but they have a, they have a style which uh, uh, is, uh, you know, is all their own. And um, Darren did uh, two Saw movies. I think he did the second and the third or something like that. Um, but, uh, uh, what would be the last thing I did with him? Something the devil's carnival. Oh, devil's carnival. Oh Hallelujah. yeah. The musical. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good too. Yeah, and, it is. and, 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 uh, but again, who, it, it just doesn't, because it, it, it just doesn't get a wide viewing and it's too bad, but fans who see it. Are, are are rabid about it, you know. It, they 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 love it, and uh, understandably. Mm-hmm. So the field is out there on video demand, all the different platforms. It's uh, I believe it also is uh, playing tonight um, in New York, and so as uh, as you know, a limited theatrical run. And I really did enjoy it, and uh, it's uh, you know very unusual, very uh, original. 
And uh, like I said, it's very well made. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I hope people see it. And I, it's well worth seeing. And, uh, and, uh, I, and, and how do people see things these days other than video on demand? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and, you know, it's, it's hard to track that, uh, but I guess they can uh, to know the demographics and all that. But it, uh, yeah, I, I just want Tate to, who wrote, who, you know, wrote and directed this, uh, to go far. I think he's very talented. And, um, and I think that this is a, a, a really good intro into being able to, to fulfill his vision on a, on a bigger, you know, stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And uh, about video on demand, you said it's like, you know, hard to track everything. How has that changed uh, your life as an actor, like the rise of video on demand, or has it at all? Uh, the only thing it's changed is that you don't make as much money. Yeah. Uh, if I could, you know, you just, uh, you, it's hard to, it's hard to um, uh, figure out what the residuals are and something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, uh, yeah, I, I, from a, from from creating an audience for for an actor, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I have a bigger audience when I do Hallmark movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's uh, I got two of the, I've got a Hallmark Christmas movie coming out and a lifetime Christmas movie coming out, and probably the people who will see come by and see those two Christmas movies will, you know, be be so much greater than anybody who sees anything of the smaller movies I've done that end up on video on demand. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. When I ask, I like to ask that question and I, I, it's really, um, more veteran actors have the same thing. You just said uh, when I asked Ed Asner, he's same way. And, uh, a lot of younger, uh, people breaking in have a different view because it's easier for them to, to, to get something out there. So I think it really depends how long you've worked in, in, uh, in show business. Yeah, well, I, what Asner was saying, uh, well, I, I don't pay you enough money. Probably, right? <laughs> right, yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it pretty I, much was like that. I don't see my money. I don't see my money. And, uh, you know, well, he's, but, you know, Ed is, uh, you know, he's, he's a veteran boy, you know, and he does a lot of work and, and he constantly works. And, yeah, um, he does. Uh, I, I, I think he's a real character. Yeah, yes, it was very fun. Very fun to talk to him, and it was very fun to talk so, to you. And it was a. Uh, I was at a uh, convention with you in Seattle, Mad Monster, and they put my booth right between. Uh, it was it was uh, the Rocky Horror Picture cast, and um, and another movie, big horror movie. So no one at all went to went to my booth because you know who cares to talk. To oh, me? I'm sorry, but. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I did get to see your underwear the 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 the, the whole weekend. Thank you. Yeah, that underwear it's it's uh, it, it is it is putting my kids through college. I got a I got a boy in UCLA in the physics department and a daughter at the college in Colorado and in the biology geology department and uh, I'm trying to get him in and out of college uh, without uh, you know with me selling my underwear and using that. Uh, profits from that, you know, so they can, they, for the rest of their life, they can say that, that that's how I got through college. My father <laughs> sold his underwear. Right. Very, very good. All right. Well, I really enjoyed uh, talking with you and I hope people see the field. I really dug it. And uh, I, I'm always happy to see you in something. And it, I, I'm Thank very you. glad to, to, to hear that, like you, you know, you like to read the scripts and do something that you find uh, interesting. 
Oh, I do. Gosh, yes. You know, if anybody out there is listening and you got something, you know, send it on to me, and uh, I will. I'm I, if, I'm sure I'll see it or read it and uh, and uh, respond to it some way. Yeah, very good. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks. Yeah. Good to talk to you. It was good to talk to you as well. Uh, okay, we'll talk soon. Soon, yeah. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. we should have The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Hi, this is Doug Bradley. Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies, and you are listening to Without Your Head. And you'd better keep listening to Without Your Head, or you will not only be without your head, you will be without your soul, because I will tear it apart. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Veronica Cartwright of Alien, The Birds, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and lots of very cool stuff, including The Field, which is currently on iTunes, Prime Video, and all major video on-demand platforms. It's very good to have you here. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So what interested you in the role of Edith? Well, I thought the script was really super interesting. It was different. Um, Mm -hmm. Like somebody, you know, the the photographer going out into the field and, and seeing something in the background and then just sort of following through. I mean, I... I just, it sort of became obsessed. Would you see the same thing again? And, and um, Edith was just, she's like from another world, but um, she wants to fit into this world and sort of help people make a transition into this world that they are the photographer and his wife got a glimmer of. Mm-hmm. And I just thought she was such an interesting character. She was, you know, she was, I had her own language, and um, we worked on that. And um, the clothes were just so, you know, like sort of earthbound. And I just, I just really liked her. I thought she was super interesting. And mm-hmm. um, you don't get those characters very often. That because uh, I mean, it's sort of a paranormal movie. It's but it's not like a horror film or something mm-hmm. like that. There's great fantasy that goes along with it. I have not seen it yet, mind you. I don't okay. see it until October third. <laughs> right. So, um, but I understand it's really. My son called me from Florida and said he he bought it and he he thought it was really good and really super interesting and it is very different. Yeah, so, it is. It's really unique. Yeah, and um, you know he he watches a lot of stuff and no, he he really liked it and he said you were really good, mom. <laughs> Very good. That was nice. Yeah. That was nice of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does he normally like you in movies, or was this? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, he does. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying no, no, he does. Stuff, but no, yeah. he was just saying because it's a different character yeah, for me. Yeah. I haven't played this character before. 
Mm-hmm. I was going to actually ask that you brought it up about uh, about how you speak in the movie, and I was wondering, like, is it written like that in the um, in the uh, in the script, or like, uh, yeah, how, how do you come out? How do you come about uh, with with? Well, there was um, there was some stuff written in the script. I don't know if it was based on actual sort of things. So I tried to stick with that, and then we sort of elaborated on it. Um, but she was sort of, I thought she was sort of childlike and yeah. how she was trying to, you know, discover words that were in English so that she could communicate. That was her language. And then now she had to sort of learn what things were living in that chicken coop with the, which was kind of a really cool little place. I tell you, mm-hmm. it cool farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. well, where's where was yeah. that where was that film that the farmhouse it was in wisconsin wisconsin mm-hmm. we shot it in wisconsin and it was cold yeah. let me tell you <laughs> so so what what was uh what's a writer and director like tate tate bunker tate he's terrific he's a professor um and he's done other films and um I understand, I mean, everybody's picked up on the photography of it, saying the cinematography is just really, really good. Um, and he, he listens. I mean, he, he wants your input. He just doesn't want, you know, to sort of dominate everything. It was, um, it was a real collaboration, which I think is rare and not always rare, but it was really um, nice to have. And maybe because he is a professor, he, you know, knows how to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, uh, I, I liked his ideas. Um, we would talk about things, we, um, you know, and if things sort of got overboard, he could pull them back. And I, he was very much in control of the whole piece. Mm-hmm. And Carl was lovely to work with. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It was, it was we shot it. I think, and I my I think I was there a week, and um, so we had a lot of stuff. And and the ending um, with the people coming up out of the ground and mm-hmm. the lightning and all of that, the conjuring, and um, that was very elaborate, and um, you know, with big arcs and cracking things, and it was. It yeah. was uh, very, it was uh, fascinating to see on a very low budget how they could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're filming outside, and you know, and you talk about the the farmhouse and everything, is that um, is that easier for, or better for you as an actor to actually like be around like the physical as opposed to like something they built like a set? Oh, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, it sets, doesn't matter. I mean, could be very elaborate. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Alien. I mean, that whole thing yeah. is a set. Mm-hmm. Um, um, several sets. So, no, I mean, usually when they build sets and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's a very, uh, uh, they're very elaborate and, you know, and a lot of care goes into it. So, mm-hmm. no, I, it doesn't make any difference whether, yeah, I mean, it does sort of add an atmosphere um, in the sense mm-hmm. that it was cold and we were supposed to be cold and it was, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in that sense, it, I thought it, you know, really lent itself to this particular thing and the desolation of the farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in these fields. And 
So, I mean, that sort of was an important thing rather than just building a set out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you did mention uh, the set on Alien, and uh, the movie still holds up, obviously. And a big thing of it is that it really feels lived in. Like, this is a this was like a real place. So what was it like just walking around the, the sets on Alien? <laughs> well, um, like the spaceship part, everything was connected. Like when you walked in, you walked into the engine room. Uh-huh. And then you left there and there was an actual corridor. And then to the left was the hospital. And then to the right was the um, alley that led to the place where we had, you know, we ate our cafeteria area. Everything was connected. So it was very claustrophobic. Um, and um, my, uh, they, Ridley loved smoke. He loved having lots of smoke and stuff. So um, <laughs> it could get quite, quite heavy duty while you were working in there because each area, you know, was like an individual thing. Yeah. And then we had a whole set that was just the space jockey. And that was, you know, enormous. I mean, we walked on that space jockey. I mean, that was us walking on that. that that's how big it was. Mm-hmm. And the desert, they just brought in tons of sand. I mean, it was a huge, huge desert where the spaceship had landed and then you walked out. And I mean, we had to take, when John um, had that space hugger thing on him and we yeah. came marching across the desert, I mean, we actually carried John. I don't know how the hell we got across that place because <laughs> we had like 50 pounds on our, you know, with our Yeah, with all this, right, the whole beautiful. Hockey gloves that didn't bend, and, and we walked with that body, and then we got onto um, like a lift that took us about 24 feet up in the air, and I just started to go. And here's Tom trying to grab me because they'd forgotten to put any air holes in our um, in our helmets. So uh, yeah. we were literally breathing CO2. I mean, <laughs> I, every one of us passed out at some point. So <laughs> it was ridiculous, but we did it. I mean, and, and all of that stuff I think is what added to the movie. Definitely. Um, and, um, so yeah, there was a lot of sweat going on. You felt <laughs> they'd sort of spray you down, you know, at the end with these, things of glycerin, like big pumps, <laughs> and, right. spray your jet. and then the smoke, every night you'd go home, you were nothing, nothing, <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. that's showbiz, <laughs> right, <laughs> glamorous life of showbiz, so, yeah. <laughs> the glamorous <laughs> life, yeah, oh, let's cut her hair, that would be a good idea, um, I mean, my hair was, down the middle of my back, I'd just come off of the invasion of the body stature, mm-hmm. And then Ridley decided, oh, let's cut her hair. And that took six hours. No, I think it needs to be shorter. Oh, no, let's, oh, why don't you just big, cut big chunks out of it? I, I mean, it was just unbelievable. I ended up with a crew cut, you know? Yeah. He said, we can spike it with gel. We don't have to cut big hunks out of my hair. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I do have a life on the outside. <laughs> right, when yeah. I got back to America, it was ridiculous because... Um, Everybody, nobody had short hair. It wasn't a big yeah, deal. And Liza mm-hmm. Minnelli cut it. 
her hair, and then it became a big deal. But mm-hmm. it's hard getting work when I came back. Mm. And that, the, the cast, so different. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Uh, the cast, uh, it, and the cast really feels like they know each other and stuff. Did you guys spend time, you know, before you filmed the movie to, to like get chemistry together? Or was that just like natural? Oh, I mean, no, we, it, because of the steps and the way that they were, I mean, we became friends with everybody. Our, our dressing rooms were in another building, but they were all upstairs. And, um, and everybody became sort of very friendly. We were there six months or five months. And so we sort of forged relationships. I mean, I see Tom. Tom and I do conventions a lot. And I love John. John, when he came over to do his play, I would go and I saw his play. So I did get to see him shortly before he died. Um, Yafet. Um, out of the blue, texted me the other day, said, I'm moving to England. And so we've been doing, a, or not texted, but emailed me, and we've been emailing back and forth. And he's just so, he's just wonderful. I, I love Yafet. So, and then we still get together and do conventions. You know, it's been 40 years, that movie is 40 years. Yeah. This year. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah. yeah. It's weird to think like some movies, like if I watch an old Cicely and Ebert on YouTube or some, there'll be big movies that were even up for awards or stuff. And like, no one talks about them. They're like forgotten in time, but then there's movies that are timeless. And it's weird, you know, uh, which movies are like that and which movies aren't. Well, I think too, Alien, um, there was no CGI. Mm-hmm. They did CGI in the second movie, but there was no CGI. And everything was totally real, which I think, comes across in the movie. I mean, it made it so visceral. And I think uh, Ridley was influenced by Hitchcock in the sense that for the longest time, we didn't know what the thing looked like. You know, you'd see glimpses or a hand or a bit of his head and stuff. I mean, so you were sort of in your own mind building up what this creature looked like and what what, what it was, was like. Mm-hmm. So... Um, one of the scariest parts in the movie for me is when um, Sigourney's in the shuttle and she does the whole scene and undresses and everything in front of the alien that's yeah, and it's right in behind the her. I mean, yeah. and just steps out. You, you've been watching him the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and you don't realize it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I yeah, it's, yeah I, I agree a hundred percent. You mentioned uh, Hitchcock and you worked with Hitchcock when, when you did the birds, did you like, in, at that age, did you realize like how big Alfred Hitchcock was? Like, did you know this was a big deal? Well, I had done actually um, two or three of the Alfred Hitchcock mm-hmm. um, series. You know, when he had the little series. Yeah. So I had done several of those, mm-hmm. and um, when he saw me in the children's hours, when he requested meeting me, so um, it was. Uh, Yes, I knew he was a big deal, but, you know, he was he was super nice. Uh, I was born in Bristol, England, and that turned out to be his favorite spot to, to get wine because mm-hmm. there was a nice wine storage place there. And, of course, he'd tell me names of bottles of wine. I mean, I was, you know, 12. What, oh, oh, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Having not a clue. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd have written these names down now. Um <laughs> And 
how to cook a steak. Um, <laughs> and he just was, he said, well, someday you'll get married and you need to know how to cook a steak. I said, oh, okay. Um, which I've done before and it totally works. It's uh-huh. very clever. <laughs> but I asked him all sorts of questions. Uh, I wanted to know how, when all those birds were on the jungle gym, some of them were fake. They were pieces of cardboard <laughs> and the, uh, on the cables running across the telephone cables. And there were birds on there and they put a couple of real birds, but most of them were just a piece, literally a piece of flat um, cardboard. And I said, well, aren't people going to notice that? And he says, no, you look at something and you see movement and you assume everything is alive which is pretty phenomenal. And to this day, I go see that movie, I can't pick out the fake bird. Yeah. And I was in it. <laughs> just fascinating. And, and opening the door at the end, you know, um, I said, well, there's no door. He goes, let's show her how we do it, Rod. And so Rod Taylor leans down and he sort of mimed opening the door and the door shadow comes across our faces and then there's the light of the outside. I mean, you don't need a door. There is the door. Um, And he says, you see, this is the magic of movies, Veronica, which was just so, I felt like I was part of an in crowd, you know? Yeah. Um, It it was just, I don't know, it was cool. It was very cool. Mm -hmm. And I think Kate has quite a bit of that in in, uh, the field. There's things you're not quite sure you're seeing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but that's, the feeling I had when it was being yeah. shot. Yeah, it's definitely, you don't even, you know, for why you don't know, like, um, you know, if people are just crazy or you, you don't know what's going on for, for maybe right. until the end, you yeah. still don't know, but, uh, which, which I like, it leaves it up to your, uh, your imagination or your own inter- interpretation of what's going on. Right. And that's cool. That's, I agree. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think uh, because uh, nowadays a lot of people say that he that um, Hitchcock wasn't like a nice guy? You said he was very nice to you. Do you think he? Um... Oh, he was great to me. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know, I was twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. And then, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know what was going on. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I mean, Tippy had an entirely different experience, but mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, I, I, how would I have? known that he wasn't i would take him tea every afternoon at four o'clock he was lovely to me i could ask him any questions he wasn't intimidating um i just thought he was terrific um and then they threw a big 13th birthday party for me and um he says to peggy hand me she handed him a big piece of white cardboard and he wrote to the woman I love, Veronica, and then drew his face and with black crayon. I still have it. Oh, really? It. That's a, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was just like super cool. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, years later, you hear things, but sure. I never. I, I mean, he wasn't at all intimidating to me, and we just discuss things. And mm-hmm. I'd sit next to him. I had his tea and his chai to cup every afternoon <laughs> at four o'clock. Uh-huh. And have his biscuits, and I mean, <laughs> it was a little bit of England right there, and I just sit there and have a cup of tea with him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, was, he was a super nice guy. Yeah. 
So you've been in a lot of, you know, um, the horror movies or genre movies. Are Do you like those kind of movies? Well, it's not that I, um, I gravitate to the part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I mean, she was like, she was reasonable. She wanted to know things. She figured out how you could survive. Um, you know, um, you don't fall asleep at these times. Um, why do, you know, and, and being reasonable, but, and why do aliens have to be in metal ships? Why can't they be sort of plants and weird things? And, and she was a survivor. And in a sense, Lambert, too, an alien. I mean, she was the one who was the most reasonable. I mean, maybe she was a little emotional, but why don't we draw straws? Why don't we get the hell off of this planet? Why are we sitting around here like sitting ducks, you know? Mm -hmm. She was the reasonable one. And um, I don't know. I get attracted to the part, I think, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Now, I have a lot of questions um, from uh, um, some social media. Do you mind asking, uh, answering a few of them? From, no, uh, go ahead. Uh, Mark Heller wants to know, he says, um, <clears throat> they said that Ridley Scott hid the chest-bursting scene from the cast to elicit an authentic on-screen reaction. Uh, when you watch that scene, one of the most iconic scenes in film history, uh, your reaction, quite arguably more than anyone else's, stands out. I'd like to know from your perspective, what was going through your mind when that scene happened and how genuinely shocked and surprised you were? Um, well, Mark, um, we knew, according to the script, that there was going to be a chest burster scene. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, was going to come out of his chest. So um, we were all up in our dressing rooms and everything for, like, hours while they got um, John packed. You know, they built him a false chest. And he was sitting on something below, and they packed it with offal, um, which is, you know, guts and kidneys and all sorts of stuff that was sitting in formaldehyde. Disgusting. And then um, when they did bring this down, I mean, literally, I gagged when they pulled back the plastic because it was just a sickening smell of this formaldehyde and all these guts were sitting in big buckets and everything, and everybody was dressed in plastic and um, (laughs) there were four cameras and you sort of got this impression that something big was going to happen but basically um, the four cameras, we shot it once I mean we started to shoot it and um, Ridley said cut because he realized that the puppet couldn't come through the way, you know, to just burst out. So they stopped and razor bladed a little bit more and made it so that it would be easier for the puppet to come out. And, um, so I was told I'd get a little blood on me, you know, I said, Oh, okay. But the problem was I was so totally fascinated. I think we were also fascinated watching what was going on with John and, you know, he, he's making these motions and then starts to wiggle and then this thing came out and I was, I leaned right into a blood jet. So it hit me square in the face and, um, <laughs> so the, oh my God came out of that. I was uh-huh. genuinely shocked. 
I backed up. There's some hysterical footage. I backed up and my knees hit that banquette and I flipped over the top. And two cowboy boots were up there and I rolled over. I realized they were still shooting. I went around the banquette. I popped back into the scene. Um, but no, those were all genuine reactions. But of course, I had I didn't realize I was leaning directly into a blood jet. So mm -hmm. yes, those were genuine reactions. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Burr wants to know um, <clears throat> what was Jack Nicholson like as a director on Going South? Oh, Jack, he's just he's just oh, wonderful. He is <laughs> such a character. He's just oh God, it was so much fun. We we shot it for three months in Durango, Mexico which is in the center of Mexico. And, um, I mean, my character, I, I just thought she was so much fun. And of course they curled all my hair up and I wore that top hat and, and he had these great ideas and he'd worked with all of the, uh, a lot of the guys like Danny DeVito and Chris Lloyd and, uh, because they'd all done Cuckoo's Death together. So it was mm -hmm. a very big camaraderie that went on. Well, Jack discovered that I could ride because um, I'd ridden since I was a kid. And um, so he wanted me to go out and ride with the other guys that were part of my gang that they didn't know how to ride. <laughs> so <laughs> Jack decided it was hysterical because uh, Mr. Albandros didn't use any lights. The only time that he used lights were two big arcs, one at the end of... Um, up by the, the churchy thing and then um, down by the uh, town so that when we rode off, it was like moonlight. And uh, so Jack, Jack goes to me, I want you to ride. Ride like the fucking wind. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And he says, then when you get up there, I want you to rear the horse, spit it, and ride off. And I thought, Jesus, <laughs> I've never ridden a horse in my, my life. <laughs> and here I am on this horse. And, of course, I had ridden always English. I had ridden Western. I mean, now uh -huh. I know how to ride Western, but I ended up buying a horse out as a result. So we start to shoot this thing, and all of a sudden I hear over the bed, he goes, ride, ride like the fucking wind. <laughs> and then I get up to the top, and he shouts, ride. <laughs> back up. So I did. I reared the horse. I don't know how the hell I did it. Um, but he was just, you know, he was great. He really worked with you. He was so much fun. I mean, my one of my favorite lines is, you were the best I ever had, except for that bit circus fella. And <laughs> I mean, just his reaction. I mean, he's just a classic. I've done three movies with Jack. And he's just the best. Absolutely the best. Mm-hmm. And he's just, uh, I don't know, he's just, a, you know, sort of the nicest guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just inspiring. He just enjoys what he's doing so much, and he's so good at it. Mm -hmm. So it was fun. We were yeah. always talking about doing this sequel, but it never happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Derek wants to know, uh, Invasion Body Snatchers is uh, arguably the best uh, remake of all time. Um, remakes have become a big thing, but at the time, what was the thought of doing a remake of a classic film? Um, well, what I thought was interesting, uh, Phil Kaufman, I think is a, he's fabulous. 
And um, what was interesting about the movie, it wasn't really a remake. Um, it was mm-hmm. a continuation. And mm-hmm. so that is what I think made it work so well. Um, I mean, in the original with those big cord cobs, could you imagine running around with those? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was hysterical. So these little blooms, these little flowers much, were much more intriguing. So it's more like a continuation, I, I think. Um, and then, of course, having Kevin McCarthy come in yeah. you know, and slam in front of the car. And, and uh, I, I just think it sort of added to it. Uh, and um, I, I, I wish we had done a, a continuation Sequel. from that. I mean, I, it was originally, I didn't know that Donald was going to be, you know, an, a pod person. Mm-hmm. And when we shot that end, I mean, Phil walked around the block with us and told us, you know, what we wanted and stuff like that, what would probably happen. And, but he told um, Donald something entirely different. So when that end happened, I, I mean, I just went ballistic. I just thought, no, 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 that was not supposed to be uh-huh. happening. Yeah. But the way it was set up at that museum, there wasn't another soul around. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe they will make a continuation. Maybe somehow I survive, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, but never yeah. happened until Invasion was... was uh, yeah. They did think, Invasion with Nicole uh-huh. yeah. Kidman. Yeah, I think that's that I think that's one of the the scariest endings of any movie. His his face and him pointing and, and the and the uh, the noise he's making. It's just uh, mm. it's great. Yeah, well, it was unexpected, but yeah. it was, I, I thought it was really good too. Mm-hmm. What a way to end a movie! I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Creepy, creepy. Yeah. You go home and think about that at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't uh, think about this right now. Uh, I go to this 12-hour horror movie marathon every Halloween. It's from midnight till noon. And last year the theme was it was all um alien horror movies. And uh, they showed both Alien and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So it was a variety, uh, two of oh, the movies for films. Yeah. And where is that? Where, where um, that's at uh, at Coolidge Corner Theater in Brookline, uh, Massachusetts. It's a oh, real old wow. theater. It's How like a hundred years that? old. It's uh, yeah. it's out, it's uh, outside of Boston. Oh, how cool! Oh, wow! Twelve yeah. hours, huh? So you should have gone in and out. Yeah, I go every Fourth year. For, I uh, I I the first year I went, I I I kind of fell asleep. But so after that, I kind of uh, between each movie, I'll get up and get a cup of coffee or something. You got to pace yourself so you can stay awake all twelve right. hours. Yeah. And then you get a free yeah. pin that says "I survived the uh, the marathon." <laughs> if you stay at home, <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. A yeah. free pin. Wow. Yeah. What other movies did they put it with? Um, there were some really bizarre ones. Um, no, I can't remember because it was almost one year ago. But I remember it was uh, those two oh. um, killer clowns from outer space, which was a very bizarre movie. Um. Uh, there was one with Jack Palance, which I'd never seen before. It was uh, it, it was almost like uh, the Predator, and uh, apparently it came out before the Predator. It was a much lower budget movie, but it was very similar uh, uh, a similar um, story to, to to the Predator. So I don't know if this, that's where they got the idea for the movie. I always, I always remember Jack Palance doing that Outer Limits with the earwig. Yes, the earwig that went in the ear, and and then he it comes out of the other side, and then they said, but it was pregnant, and so <laughs> he 
oh my god, that was so horrible. I looked at earwigs that you know they have those little pinchers on the end. Yeah, me years to get over the fact that they were going to be crawling <laughs> in one's head. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and the remake. Then the remake of the Blob, which I think is an underrated remake. I, I do think that's a good movie. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah, the see one, it. The one for, it's from the eighties. It's uh. Yeah. Really a uh, gross special effects, but I think. So well. Yeah. So the field is out now in video on demand, and I do I do want people to check it out because I really liked it a lot. It is very original, and it's very well made. It's very well shot, and it's got a great cast. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I see it on Thursday. Very cool. Yeah. We're having a little premiere out here. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you like it, and thanks for promoting it. That's really terrific. Yeah, definitely. And uh, thank you for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Very good. All right. Hello, my friends. I am Fabio Frizzi, and we are listening to Without Your Head Radio. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? <laughs> Yeah. 